We are so happy that you are able to join us for today's message. Our hope is that it will encourage you in your walk with God and inspire you to reach those who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Today, you know, the Bible teaches us, uh, and I love what Moses said in Exodus 33. It's very powerful. Moses said to the Lord, uh, God, if your presence is not going with us, we ain't going. <laughs> I love that. If your presence isn't going with us, uh, Lord, we don't, please, he actually says, please don't send us. We don't want to go. And I don't know about you, but without God, I don't want to go anywhere without God's anointing, God's presence, God's enabling. We can't do it without God's presence and power. But with God's presence and power, listen, we are able to do a multitude of things. Come on. So today I want to encourage you, if, when you come for prayer, when you're being anointed, saying, just declare, Lord, thank you that, Father, with you, all things are possible. But, Lord, I can't do life without you. I'm always amazed how many people try and do life without God, who've got near God. And uh, I'm like, why would you do that? If God is God, why would you struggle and strive to make it all happen when you can have God in the center of your life and have God helping you? And the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our comforter. And one of the definitions of uh, the Holy Spirit's name as well, which I really like, is He's my standby. That when I go, Lord, I just really am at a point, I can't do it. I can move out the way and say, Holy Spirit, come on in, grace me, hold me, strengthen me, and walk me through this situation. And I don't know if you've ever been in a dark tunnel. Anybody been in a dark tunnel? Three people. The rest of you just have beautiful lives. Anybody ever been in a dark tunnel? Okay, a lot more people have been there. That's reality. Okay. But when you're in a dark tunnel, you can say to God, God, I'm in the tunnel. I can't see a way out. I can't see the end. I just see the darkness. And then God says, hold my hand. And as you don't bail in the tunnel, don't bail in the problem, hang on to God and God will bring you through into a new place because he's your standby when you're in trouble. Can somebody say amen to that? Can somebody say amen? You know, today when we anoint you with oil as well, the oil is representative the power actually is not in the oil, just so you know. The oil is representative. The power, however, is in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so the oil in Scripture is representative of the power of the Holy Spirit. So we are anointing you, representing the power of the Holy Spirit coming onto your life, into your life for God's great purpose and plan. And so when we pray for you, can I encourage you, you know, even as you come down the aisle, even as you're getting prayed for, just declare, Lord... I'm having a breakthrough year. Whatever you need to declare, Lord, I am healed, declare it, because faith activates uh, God to start moving. And, you know, openness to Him brings the, His touch to your life. Openness to God. Can I encourage everybody, open to God. Some of us are so used to being closed that when we get near God, we're like, God, why aren't you moving? And He's going, I can't get near you, because we've got such a wall there. God's like, open to me so I can move in. And so I think one of the greatest things you can do is open your heart, open your, uh, open your spirit, say, God, come on in, touch me, move in my life. And I love it because when God begins to do that, you begin to have actually insight to what God's doing in your life. You know, I don't want to do life without God's hand on it. And if you were here Friday night, I was talking about, I just can't do any job that's not God hasn't got his hand on. I would be bored stiff. 
I would be bored out of my brain to do a job God's not in. So I want to encourage you, if you're bored out of your brain, get God in on your job. Because, now here's the thing, you can be flipping burgers and God has placed you there. And if God has placed you flipping burgers, I don't know, digging holes, doing whatever, but if you are there and you know this is God's purpose for me right now, it'll be exciting. It'll be anointed. It'll be blessed. It'll be favored. It's not about the job. It's about being in the calling of God. Not about the job. It's about the being in the calling of God. I've had some awful jobs. Anybody else? I had one job. I hated it. And you know what? I was directly in the will of God. I, had, I was in an office then, oh my gosh, some of the people were like, ah, oh, Lord. And I used to like go home so angry and depressed after working there. And the Lord said to me one day, I can't do anything until you praise me. I could do nothing in your life, Jared, until you praise me. And I was like, I'm not praising you for this job. Heck, heck no. I hate this job. And then God was like, no, stop praising me. And I was like, ah. Oh. I remember walking, you know how like when you just really surrendered to the Lord? I don't want to praise you. Anyway, eventually I went, oh, all right, Lord, help me in this job, which I hate, <laughs> to do what you want me to do with these people that I can't stand. And Lord, have your way. I don't know how you can do anything. Anyway, but have your way. Anyway, and I said, Lord, help me now, and I thank you for this job. It was like through gritted teeth. Anyway, well, the next minute, the worst guy in the office who was giving me such a terrible time, I'll never forget, he rang me on the office phone. One end of the office, I was over here at my desk, and he rings me, and he was so oh, foul-mouthed, aggressive, putting me down for being a Christian. And then he rings me and goes, my wife's just left me. I don't know what to do. And I thought... <laughs> If I was your wife, I'd leave you too. Anyway, <laughs> that was my first thought. That was my, I didn't say I said, I just thought, she's on the money, that girl. <laughs> then I went, so I went, yes. And he said, could you have lunch with me? And I'm thinking, no. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. And he goes, yeah, can you meet me for lunch? I just need to talk to you. So I went and said, okay, I had lunch with him. And, I'm saying, and then I suddenly had this huge compassion come up with the guy. And I was like, wow, you're, you're so tough in the office, but actually you're a mess. And so I felt really sorry for him. I ended up sharing with him about becoming a Christian and my faith. The following Friday night, he came to church with me and gave his life to the Lord. Yeah. Then I think it was his son came and then his daughter came. And, uh, and then what happened was Sue and I went off and we were church planning at the time. And I remember coming back in the country. Every time I arrived back into Sydney, he would always be the first person to ring me. Are you in Sydney? I need to see you. I want to thank you for leading me to the Lord. I want to thank you for bringing me to Jesus. Yet I was in the job that I hated the most. And God was actually teaching me, yeah, but I've got your mission for him. Wow. Yeah. The Lord was saying to me, it ain't about you at the moment. Well, Jesus was like, I'll get to you. <laughs> You'll be blessed. But at the moment, I need you to help him. Sometimes we're right in the will of God, but it's not actually for our comfort at that moment. It's actually for somebody else's comfort. Have a look at Leviticus 2, everybody. In Leviticus chapter 8, talking about the anointing oil again, it says, Moses took the anointing oil, anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and consecrated them. He sprinkled some of, of it on the altar seven times, anointed the altar, all the utensils, the laver and its base to consecrate them. 
Look at verse 12. Then he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. Everybody, I think this is a powerful word for us today, that, as I said, the oil is not the power. The power is the Holy Spirit, the oil representing the power of the Holy Spirit. So anointed, uh, Aaron's head, Moses poured oil on him, and it says he was anointed and anointed him to consecrate him. And you're like, what does consecrate mean? Consecrate means to set someone aside for a higher purpose. If God is consecrating your life, it's to set you aside for a higher purpose. When you your life is consecrated to God, you are set aside for service. Wow. God wants to set you aside for service. You know, in my uh, end of my teen years, in my early 20s, there was definitely something happening in my life where I could feel this strange thing of being set aside, even from friends, even from family, even from my old life. I was being set aside for something. Can I encourage you? I believe some of us here today, God wants to set you aside. He wants to consecrate your life for a higher purpose for higher service than what you've known. So can I encourage you when you come for prayer? Maybe today the Lord's saying, you know what? This is your time to be set aside. And maybe it's set aside from your past. Maybe it's set aside from yesterday. Maybe we're hanging on to something that God says, you know, that was okay then, or it wasn't okay. And God says, now I'm setting you aside from that because I've got higher things for you to do. Higher things for you to do. Actually, just tell your neighbor that. God's got higher things for you to do. With a bit of passion, please. Come in. God wants to bring His voice into your life at a new level. God wants to bring His plan into your life at a new level. I love it. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. You guys, if you were here Friday night, you would have heard me tell that story, you know, like how I've had the Holy Spirit speak to me over years, you know, plan a church, do different things, and I've known that's God's voice to me. And, uh, and then when I went to South Africa once years and years ago, you know, in South Africa, uh, back then, too, I got a driver to take me, and I wanted to go see the township of Soweto, so I had a driver take me in. All the people I was staying with were losing their minds, because they went, are you going by yourself? I went, yeah, fine. So and I went to the township. Then I went downtown, Joburg, which at the time, there wasn't a lot of, you know, uh, to be honest, white people downtown. Everybody was losing their minds, and I was like, no, it's good. And they're all like, what? And, you know, different things. People were just like, I don't know if you should be doing that. I'm not sure about that. But I just felt this real confidence to do it. And I was fine. And then I said on Friday night how the Holy Spirit, you want to be consecrated because God will speak you to you to protect you. And then a uh, good number of years ago, I was walking uh, out of the airport in Johannesburg. And I was going to a hotel and I was just kind of dawdling along. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me clearly, walk really fast came straight into my spirit. I wasn't thinking about it. I was dawdling along, and I heard it again, walk really fast. And I was like, I knew it was God, so I just took off with my bag, like straight across the car park. When I got in the hotel, my heart was beating in an unusual way, and I knew the Holy Spirit was on me that I'd just done the right thing. When I got in the hotel room, I told everybody on Friday night, I opened the page of the paper. There was a paper sitting in there in my room, and they're not always in your room papers, so this was unusual as well, because I don't always have a paper in my room. I opened the paper... And it talked about how three months before, a tourist from Eastern Europe had disappeared. I oh, don't Eastern Europe, Finland, had disappeared as he came out of the airport in Johannesburg. And they were only able to identify him by uh, his foot was sticking out of some area. And they were able to DNA a toe. And he had been kidnapped in the car park at Johannesburg. 
people were, ch- were checking him as he came out and they came along and just put him in the car and he disappeared off the street. Now that can happen. There's lots of cities in the world. I'm not talking about Johannesburg being the only place that has problems. Lots of places have problems around the world. Lots of cities. It could happen here in Perth. It could happen in Sydney. But in Johannesburg, it happened. And I knew that when I turned that page and read that story, the Lord said to me, they were casing you like they cased him. And I knew that what they'd done to him, there were people who were looking at me thinking, can we get this guy in a van or something? And I knew the Holy Spirit was showing me that to say, you were just rescued. You were just rescued. Listen, everybody, when you're walking with the Holy Spirit, God's going to rescue you. God's going to protect you. God's going to favor you. God's going to bless you. And, you know, as I said, I had a fine time when I was in Soweto in the township and when I went downtown. Cities of the world have got challenges. But that time when I really needed protection, the Holy Spirit spoke to me clearly, walk fast. That's why we need to be in tune, not just to what's happening in the natural around us, but what is God saying? Amen. You know, the... Also, the Lord anoints us for his purpose that he's placed in us. Did you know you're created in God's image? Did you know you are created with gifts and talents? I think I'm saying this a lot at the moment because I don't think people really believe it. That you're created with gifts and talents. You're unique to the planet. Not everybody can do what you do. They can't. Not everybody sees things how you see. Most people are spending their life going, well, anybody can do that and everybody can do that. And the reality is everybody can't. Because they're not gifted to. It's like people who read computer magazines, you know, detailed computer magazines. Like, really? Who can do that? (laughs) That's a gift. I read them and go, that's really nice, Apple. Good on you. Well done. (laughs) Not my calling. Not my gifting. But some of you, that is how God has created you so that you operate in a high level technically. IT, high level. It's gifting and talent. You're a sick person, but well done. No, no. No, to me, I'm having humor. It's humor, people. To me, I, I'm like, that's crazy. But you'll watch people who will be able to do mathematics at a level, and you're like, how do you get that? Well, uh, Steve Kelly's daughter, um, what's his daughter? Alyssa. She's in the top 1% of people doing mathematics in the U.S. Top 1%. And she showed me some of her mathematics once. It was just, I was like, what is this? And this is what she said to me. She goes, oh, it's just fun to me. It's fun. Has anybody suffered through a mathematics class? Just wave your hand at me. Let's all ask the Lord to heal us now. <laughs> heal us now. She, I'm looking at this most technical thing. She goes, oh, it's just fun. And I was like, that is the most torturous thing I've looked at in the last three months. Why is that? She's in her gift. She's in her creativity. That's where God's called her. God's given her a mind to solve problems. Hello. Now we need to work out what is your because? Because the Bible says in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Verse 1 and 2, New King James Version, because the Lord has anointed me to do what? To preach good tidings or good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Wow, so many people mourning. We've been given a ministry of comfort to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for their mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord 
that he may be glorified. So the Bible is, this is speaking of Jesus, but this passage is actually speaking of you. This is our ministry right here, that God has called us to bring good news to the poor, and it just ain't the broke people. <laughs> it ain't just the people who got no money. You know, many times people who are broke their whole life, I started out in poverty, grew up in it, but you know what? What was more broke was my soul and my spirit. Until your soul and your spirit's healed, you'll be broke forever. It doesn't matter how much, matter how much cash we chuck at you. If you don't have your spirit saved and come into a relationship with God, and you don't have your broke soul, your mind, your will, your imaginations, your emotion healed, it doesn't matter how much cash we chuck at you, you'll always be broke because you've got a broke spirit and a broke soul. So when God begins to heal us, we begin to prosper. But this passage here is not just to those who are poor financially or economically. It's also to those who are poor in spirit. You know, you come, you're broken. There's no relationship with God. And then the Bible says here, come on, we're coming to bring good news to the poor. You can be poor no more. Jesus is here. Hello, he's here. And guess what? God calls us into a body, into his church, and together we're bringing good news to the poor in spirit. Those who realize, hang on, I haven't got it all together. I haven't got uh, all the answers. My spirit is empty. God, can you come in? And God goes, yes, I will. I will come. We're here to declare that he's come. We're here to declare Jesus has come. Got good news for this morning. You don't need to be poor in your spirit. You can be prosperous in your spirit, in your heart, in your life, in a way like never before. But Jesus had a because. And I want to tell you, you have a because. Because the Lord has anointed me. What has the Lord anointed you for? Come on. What has the Lord anointed you for? God's anointed me to lead. I would, you know, if, if you look at my childhood, crazy family, violent dads, psychological abuse everywhere, and you go, I'm doing what I'm doing today, it's impossible. The only way I'm able to do it is because the Lord anointed me. But he gifted me, and I think some of my giftings would be leading, it would be fathering, it would be pastoring, it's church planting. I know I'm a church planner. Give me a, a city, and I, God tells me to go there, it'll be blessed. It'll be blessed. If you tell me the city, God tells me the city, and I go there, two people, one person, it'll be blessed. Why? Because I'm anointed for it. I'm anointed to put churches in places. Anointed. I know my calling. My because is plant. My because is preach. My because is father. My because is grandfather. That's crying real quick. Did you know I'm having a grandson? Amen. And also, I'm a grandfather in the spirit. Our church family, I'm a granddad. I'm a dad in our church family and beyond. This is my calling. I know my because. Everybody, I hope and I pray that this year you'll work out your because for 2020. Hello, what's your because for 2020? I didn't always know my full because. That took years. So you might right now go, your because is right now I'm going to minister in the car park and welcome to church. And God goes, that's your because right now. But down the track, in five years, you might be doing something totally different. But you've got to start where God tells you to start. You've got to get the job God tells you to get. Flip the burgers, do it with an anointing, do it with praise. Hallelujah. Anybody want a burger? Here we go. You do it with an anointing. You do it with faith. You do it with blessing. And in God's house, you say, all right, what am I asked to do? You're asked to welcome people in the car park. Lord, I'm going to do that. That is my because in 2020. Now, you may be doing that for a long time. You may be doing it for a short time. But you're doing what God's called you to do, and you're like, I'm anointed for this. Then you're going to be happy because you know 
uh, in the circumstances, this is not perfect, but I know God has me here. I've had many imperfect circumstances, but I know many times it's God, I'm here. I go to Africa, and I know I'm called Africa's part of my destiny. I know it. When I go there, it's part of my destiny, part of my calling. I go to Africa, and the Africans are happy. Listen, you've got to know where you're called. There's something in me when I'm in Africa comes alive. If I'm with Izzy, I definitely come alive. We come alive together. You've got to know where do you come alive? Where do you come alive? I go to Rwanda, touch of God is on that when I go to the children. If I walk there with the children, with compassion, where we sponsor so many children, I walk in, there's an anointing there. And I'm like, I am meant to be loving the children, sponsoring the children, helping the children. I'm, we're anointed for it. And hang on, I'm anointed, but we're anointed for it. So you got to know your because, everybody. And then when you wake up, you had a bad week, nobody liked you, somebody told you off, somebody upset you, somebody hurt you, you wake up and you go, I don't care. Because I'm in my because. I'm in my because. James 5 says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Look at this. Anointing him with oil or her in the name of the Lord. The Bible says if somebody's sick, get the elders, get the leadership team to anoint them with oil. And God word, God's word says that they, when they're prayed over, they will be healed in Jesus' name. Listen, everybody, we are going to keep lifting our faith up to the level of God's Word. We are not going to bring our faith down to the level of the circumstance, which is, you know, sickness or problem or poverty. We're going to say, look, there's a circumstance there, but I'm going to ignore that for the higher influence of God's Word. And I'm going to agree with God's Word. I'm going to declare healing. I'm going to declare prosperity. I'm going to declare your wholeness in Jesus' name. Thank you to everybody who came out to the All Church prayer night. Powerful night. All of us got touched. And listen, we all prayed powerful prayers, which I believe God has heard. But I want to encourage everybody now, have a high expectation. Have a high expectation. We serve the God of the universe. We serve the God of all creation. We serve the God of miracles. We serve the God of life. We serve the God of favor. We serve the God who made us, He can heal us. If He made you, He can heal you. If He made you, He can heal you. If He made you, He can sort you out. So we need to have an expectation and agree with God's Word. You know, Marcel, who had a terrible, huge brain tumor in Queensland, and I got everybody to pray. Well, already we've been praying for him lots of times in Queensland Life Church. And, you know, his recovery has sped right up. So we're going to keep praying for him, keep believing. And I loved at the prayer meeting and also Friday night after church, we put up on the screen where people had filled in a praise report saying, I had a healing, I had this. And the list of just praise reports that people put in was huge. And we've had people in church who were opened up in surgery to sort out uh, cancer, endometriosis, all sorts of things, and opened them and went, where is it? And then when we've got the wrong person on the table. I love God. He's the God who makes the doctors go, I'm losing my mind, I'm sure. We had one person, the doctor said to them, Did, have I seen you? Because the doctor could not reconcile that person with what he'd opened. And he said, and they were like, yeah, I've been coming to, I came to you. And they were like, and the doctor couldn't reconcile it. God is a miracle working God. 
And just because God's slow sometimes doesn't mean God's saying no. Delay is not denial. Sometimes we're just going to say, hang on, keep praying, keep believing. Keep believing for God to bring about the healing. Just don't give up, everybody. Let's just keep going. Like, look at Sue, you know. Sue, is, Sue was in her second service this morning, 8 a.m., my wife, after 13, 14 months with this horrible ear thing. And the doctors told Sue that she's going to have no change for five years. Five years. So Sue's like, I'm not having that. I believe God. And now she's in church today in the 8 a.m. for the second service. She's got a headset on. So, you know, she's still got a block it. We went out for dinner for her sister's birthday. She's got the headset on, so she still has to have this noise-canceling headset, but she's 30 to 40 percent better when they told her she'd have no change. So 30 to 40 percent better. And uh, she brought one of our beautiful neighbors to church with her today, which was awesome in the first service. So keep praying for soup. But listen, God's a miracle worker. And Sue and I are agreeing together. We're not going to give up. We're not going to listen to the doctors. We're here to teach the doctors the Word of God. <laughs> Doctor, listen to the Word of God. Whose report will you believe? Well, we like you, but we'll believe His report. Amen. 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 Mark 6, 13, And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. This is the disciples. This is believers, actually. And then verse 13 in the Message Bible says, Then they're on the road. They preach with joyful urgency. That life can be radically different. Right and left, they, was, they set the demons packing. I like that. Right and left, demons, you're out of here. And the Bible says they brought wellness to the sick, anointing their bodies and healing their spirits. I believe for people today to have you be spiritually healed. I believe for people in this service to be emotionally healed. You know what? Some of us need emotional healing. I'm going to pray over you today that the Lord would touch you in the emotional area and bring healing in Jesus' name. And then our last one, I'm going to say Isaiah 10, 27 says powerfully in the New King James Version, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And listen to this, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The Bible's saying to us, the yoke of bondage, the yoke that's on your life, the heaviness, the burden that weighs you down. Maybe it's from wrong relationships. Maybe it's been from being yoked to the past. When you see oxen in a field, this is speaking of oxen who were yoked together. They'd have a hugely thick piece of wood that would uh, yoke their necks together. The oxen would be restricted, but together they could pull you know, heavy uh, duty wood along or whatever. They could move things and and in the field, that was useful. But God is using the analogy here that some of us, we are yoked in our lives. We're weighed down. We're pressured by things that are not God's plan for us. And so the Bible tells us the anointing oil will break the burden of your life, the burden of you emotionally, the burden in your thinking, the burden in your spirit. What is yoking you to wrong relationships? You know, um, my mum, bless her, we started out in one of the wealthy suburbs of Sydney with her wealthy family. But by the time I was finished in my teen years, we were in the poorest city, suburb in Sydney. The poorest. My mother had worked her way through houses to the poorest. And uh, we ended up in such a mess. And if I look back now, I see how my mum was yoked to wrong relationships and yoked to other negative people and yoked to my dad in an unhealthy way that even when she divorced him, sold the house, moved into a poorer suburb to have some peace at last, she was so yoked, she brought him back to the house six months later. 
you know what? You can be abused, everybody, emotionally, and it's worse than physical abuse. But she was yoked. She had to get unyoked and out of that situation. And uh, that's where the lady crossed the road to our house and came witness to my mom and took her to church where she got saved. You know what? Some of us are yoked to stuff, but God's saying, move on now. Move on now. Get off Facebook from your friends from school. Move on. <laughs> People contacted me from school on Facebook. Hey, how are you? I'm like, what the heck? I last spoke to you when I was 16. They're like, what are you doing now? I'm like, I'm in church. Where are you? Anyway, but what are you going to talk about? But I see so many school friends now yoke with people who the question is, have they got anything to do with you right now that you need? Or are they going to take you back to the past? And on Facebook, they got a whole thing of where I went to school talking about the canteen, the tuck shop, the local corner store, and everybody crying over the sausage rolls they made. This is a Facebook thing. I'm look, look, people. <laughs> Left the group. Love you. <laughs> Someone's got to leave the group. Somebody got to leave the group. Come on, someone's got to leave the group. So you can enter into a new life in Jesus' name. Amen. God wants to anoint you. God wants to anoint you. Come on, God wants to anoint you with the Holy Spirit, with power, with breakthrough. He wants you to be consecrated for a new life and a new year and a new decade in Jesus' name. So can I encourage everybody right now? I'm going to invite the worship team to come. You guys come. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com.